0: dream again. Dream again, hey? I want to, who's excited about Pastor John and Dan returning next week? We love our senior pastors. Man, they have done so much in my life and what I'm about to share here, literally most of it happened because they've spoken into my life, they've done something. So in honour of them, I want to read out a stance of the dream that Pastor John and Dan have for this for this church. If if you're new here and you don't know what this is, it's a download that Pastor uh, Pastor John got from God in 2020. He was was at a similar service to this. It was a dreaming service. And um, and he was sitting on the plane and God downloaded a dream for the next decade for this church to him. And um, one of the stances has really spoken to me over the last probably the last two, three years. And I just want to read it out, not just because of that, but I want to honor our Sydney ministers for how faithful they are and how, how much they align their dreams with God's will in their life. So let me read this out. It starts like this. We see our church in a season of revival, a powerful move of God with radical salvations, healings, and young people being apprehended for the call of God. How when we saw that this morning. We, we are living this dream, we're seeing it. We see extraordinary momentum with a thousand people being saved in one year, until one day we see a thousand people saved in one weekend. On. What that word saved means, it means that people are coming into a relationship with God accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And if, if that's you here this morning, you don't have a relationship with God, I'm going to give you an opportunity right at the end of the service to make that ride, to, ma- to invite Jesus into your life. But how, how awesome is this dream? It doesn't say here, um, my name is Pastor John and God, please bless me. Make my house prosper, the Pierce household prosper. That's their last name, Pastor John and Daniel Pierce. It doesn't say any of that. The dream is not about them. I had a dream when I was going to uni, so this is back probably 20 years now, I'm getting I'm off age these days, <laughs> and um, this is the dream that I had, I, I was going to university, studying business, wanting to become a, um, a business owner, oh, actually not even a business owner, he, he was, this is what the dream was. I wanted to be a big CEO, working for a big corporate company. That's, that's a dream I had in my heart. And you know what? I, I did my university degree in Brisbane. Yes, Ben, thank you so much. I will get you back later on. <laughs> these guys are awesome. It felt so nice with the background music. Anyway, I'll keep telling you this dream, my dream, my little dream. Um, so I was going to uni, I used to walk around through the city to catch the train home, and um, I'd see these penthouse apartments. So that was part of my dream. I was like, yeah, one day, I'm gonna live in one of those penthouse apartments. I'm gonna be a big CEO. I'm gonna earn, and this was big for me, 200K a year. That's my dream. It's, It's all about me. Now, here's the thing, if I think back, and even in my business coaching days now, my business coach would probably be proud of me at 18, having such large dreams and goals. But you know what I learned over the last few years? That's actually a small dream. And it's not because of what the dream is or the goal goal is. I don't think there were bad goals or anything like that. But the problem was, the dream was all about me. It was all about what I could do for myself. The pleasures that I could get. How I could get ahead in life. And see, the big big difference, this is what I want you to grasp this year and, um, and this morning, is that our dreams, the way that the world tells us, the big difference between those dreams and kingdom dreams, the dreams God has for you. The biggest thing that sets those two apart is the motivation behind them. What are you motivated about? Is it just about you? Or is it actually God? I want to do this for you. (laughs) That's why I read out this this little stanza at the start because it really shifted my my mind in the last few years and um, this line here, a thousand people saved in one weekend. I saw that picture over there earlier on of Planet Boom. Pretty big. There's probably 2,000 people there. If we want to see a thousand people saved, that's the kind of facilities we need. If we want to see a thousand people saved in one weekend, the Holy Spirit downloaded this to me over the last few years. And when I pray, I see it now. It's like these facilities are way too small to see a thousand people saved. Do you agree with that? Like. We, we see here at this church, we see 10, 15 people connect with Jesus on a morning. We've got, I don't know, about 300 people here. We're going to need thousands and upon thousands of people to fit into a building, multiple campuses, stadiums even. And then how does that happen? Finance. You need money to do that kind of stuff. So here, check this out. This is where God really turned my thinking from just being about me, but about his dream, his kingdom dream. This is what he said to me. I want, to, I, want to, I want you to earn 200K. I want you to be a CEO, but I don't just want you there. I want to increase your earning capacity so much that one day you can give away 200K. That's the mindset switch. God still wants us to prosper. He's still got great plans for us. He wants us to dream big, but there's got to be that switch where it's not just about me anymore, but we hear from God. And I believe God's... He wants to download some stuff to all of us here this morning. If you're you're watching online, lean in because something is going to shift in your heart I believe God. God wants us to lay things down, but he also wants to impart a new thing into our hearts this morning. Come on. All right. So let's go. This is the big thing. See, I was trying to box God into my little dream rather than listening and fitting my dreams into his big plan for my life. That's the big turning point. Okay, so this morning I want to encourage us from a passage in the Bible that really that really spoke to this, um, to this concept of what does it actually mean to trust God, and it's in Acts three, verses one to eight. We'll probably have it up on the screen. You can read along. It's about Peter healing a lame beggar. Okay, so Acts. Uh, just to give you some context, basically what happened, Jesus just died on the cross for our sins, he rose again, then some, then he sent the Holy Spirit, then Pentecost happened, which meant that the Holy Spirit came, started living inside of our hearts, and people start, they started seeing miracles and all kinds of things. And this is where the story's at. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. Let's hold it there real quick. So for about 20 years or so, this man has been lame from birth, it says. Okay, so he's probably about 20, 30 years old. And he was carried there by his friends, which is it's a nice thing, isn't it? It's not a bad thing. They're well-meaning friends. But here's what happened by doing that. They actually furthered that narrative in his mind that he's just a beggar. Right. That's where he belongs. The beggar belongs outside of the temple. That's the narrative that they started to play in his mind by doing those things. Everyone else gets to go inside. They get to experience the presence of God. But here's probably what he's thinking. But my place it's right here outside. I don't belong to God or deserve his blessings. I reckon that's, that's the kind of things that were playing in his mind as he just saw everyone get into church. Imagine that, like everyone's going to be walking out of here full of joy this morning, and he was sitting at the gates witnessing that Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, prayer meeting after prayer meeting after prayer meeting. And here's the thing, though. How many times do we allow the world to condition our minds like that? We have that same thing going, we don't deserve that. I'm not going to go to the altar because I don't deserve it. And here's what spins me out, okay? So just to paint this picture, this guy sat maybe 50 meters away from the presence of God. And if you, if you know a little bit about Mosaic law back then, yes, he wasn't allowed to get right up to the altar, to, to worship at the altar. But he was allowed to go inside of the temple where he would have felt the presence of God. Because that's where God dwelt. He dwelt in the temple. His presence was there. And here's the thing. He wasn't just crippled physically. What was happening, this conditioning of his mind was crippling his faith. It was crippling his vision for his life. I want to tell you that this altar here this morning, it's open for business. No matter where you've come from, no matter where you are, no matter what happened last year, God wants to do business here this morning. All right, let's keep going with this scripture. I've got to keep going. Um, but that's kind of the foundation of this, okay? We're letting the world condition our minds rather than God speaking to us. So I really want to kind of underline that. Now, when we saw Peter and John about to enter, okay, so he saw them coming, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, "Silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk." Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Come on, let's give God some praise. He did it back then. He did. Altar. I'm excited about this because we limit ourselves with what God can do, but not anymore. Come on, today is a turning point and a line in the sand moment. Okay, so here's how we make this happen. First of all, it's not us. We've we've discovered that. So it's all about having the right motivation, actually trusting God. But what I found in this scripture, in this little passage, I've been able to pull three keys that I've lived by the last 10 years or so where I've really seen God to move. So are we ready to get into this church I'll pull some of these keys out, okay? So number one, verse number four, it says this. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. Everyone say, look at us. That's it. He was looking everywhere else. He was looking to the people coming through the courts. He was looking at money to solve his problems. But you know what? God was looking at him the whole time. God is always looking at you. Because he loves you. He's created you. He's got plans for you. Plans for a hope and for a future. He's searching the world. He's looking right at you right now. And he's interested in your life. But we tend to forget that. Instead of looking up at God, we look at our circumstance. We look at our bank accounts. We look at all these other things. I'm guilty of this. I've been like, okay, we're not hitting things. I'm going to have to work harder. I'm going to have to put more in to make more. Then thoughts start going, oh, if only I could get a lucky break in the property market, I'll finally own my first home. This is the kind of thoughts that start coming through. If I only had more money, then I could be generous. If I only had more money, I could start tithing. Oh, it's gone quiet now. Then I could start giving into the house of God. If only I had more. I had more. See that, how selfish that is? That's what he was looking for. And I know none of you guys in here thought that. It's kind of me more therapy for me here than I think these thoughts. <laughs> but this is what we do. If I just had this car, if I just had these clothes, if I could just do these things, if only I wasn't lame, I would be accepted by everyone else. That's not what kingdom dreaming is about. But again, it's what the world tells us. Come on, we've got to switch our mind this morning. Because here is what God's saying. Are you ready for this? You don't belong to the world. That's what the Bible says. You belong to Him. I want you to look at me, says the Lord, so I can shower you with my love. I can give you my acceptance. I can give you my peace, my joy, my kindness, my gentleness, my generosity, my wisdom, my mercy, my grace, my goodness. God is saying this right now to each one of us. I want to shower you End your kingdom dreams in 2024 with my favor. Because that is who he is. He's a good God. He's always looking at you. But we, if we want to dream kingdom dreams, we've got to look to God first. Point number one, you've got to look to God. Point number two, avoid disappointment and increase your expectation. Bit of an oxymoron, isn't it? It's like, oh, Okay. If I'm going to avoid disappointment, I better dream a little bit smaller. I better not believe for that. I better not try and hope for anything, because I'll get disappointed. But what God's saying in this story here, and that you'll get this in a moment, he's saying, increase your expectation, lay man. Yes. And this is what I found with God. He doesn't work the way our minds work. Yeah, so His kingdom sometimes is backwards to what we think, how it operates. He does things in weird ways. Our job is not to get disappointed, but just to trust him. So let's have a look at this, verse 5 and 6. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. This is a good first step, okay? He's been looking everywhere else, giving attention to all these other things. Finally, he's got some faith, expecting to receive. Some of us here this morning... That's your thing for this year. Just start expecting from God. If you've never expected for God to move in your heart, that may just be your first step, like it was for him right here. Expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said... So he's expecting to get money. That's what he's being conditioned to receive. Okay? Then Peter said, "'Silver or gold, money, I do not have. "'But what I do have, I give you. "'In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk.'" until that point as I said this lame man was just looking to people yeah. he was looking yeah. for money to solve his problems and if I think about this it's like okay I've known this for the last 25 years to be true if I ask for money I'll receive some now this guy turns around and says money I do not have but I've got something better yeah. the lame beggar's response probably was a little bit disappointed it's like hey no no I'm expecting this he's saying this Maybe even like, I don't even want that. I don't know. You may have thought that before as well. When it's like you're asking for something, then God gives you something completely different. But did he? See, the dreams that I had for my life didn't work out too well for us. In fact, the bigger that I dreamed for my life, the further backwards we went in our finances. Until one year, about six, seven years ago, We found ourselves in just a mountain of debt. Now, here's the thing. The prayers that I was praying on the altar is God help us break out of this debt. Send money, send money, send money. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting for God to move, but I'm still asking the wrong thing. I'm still asking for God to just send me a check in the mail. And when he didn't do that, I got disappointed. I was like, another year, and we're still not working our way out of this. Here's what God's plan was. He didn't just want to... God's a good God, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm like that, my child did something wrong, I'm not just going to enable them to do it again. I want them to learn because that is much greater than just giving them something. So here's what God taught me. And at first disappointed, then grudgingly accepting it, he taught me to be a good steward with our money, with the things that he's given us. He taught us how to trust him. He built my faith muscle. He revealed to me how to run a kingdom business and how to dream kingdom dreams. Who here this morning agrees? Yeah. 60 grand, check in the mail, is nothing. That's a tiny dream compared to what God can do when he gets involved in your mindset, when he gets involved in your business, when he gets involved in your finances. Come on, if you believe that, let's give God some praise. Let's stir up our He wants you not to be disappointed. And he also wants you to increase your expectation. Here it is. Are you ready for this? This is the kicker. Oh, and this is how I know that God is a good God. So when all this was happening, at the time, Marina and I, my wife, we were living in Kings Beach. We had this awesome apartment right on the beach. It was literally the road, the park, and there was the beach. So every morning, I woke up with the view of the beach. Yes, it was a small apartment, but it was just two of us, so we didn't need any more. But right among that, God actually showed me that he heard my dreams. He actually planted them in my heart. Because you know what? That apartment, it was on the top floor. I I used to call it my little penthouse on King's Beach. It may not have had a terrace or anything. It may not have been in the city. But that wasn't what God had designed for me. But he did design for me to enjoy a beautiful apartment right at the top. My little penthouse apartment. It looked nothing like I thought it would but in the light with God's plan with my life. And the other thing is, I was a CEO. At the time, the company didn't do too well, but I was still the CEO. He gave me a glimpse of what he can do, and this is what he taught me. Avoid the disappointment, because my plans are higher. My plans are wider. My thoughts aren't like your thoughts. He is God after all, isn't he? Come on. don't be discouraged if what God gives you looks different to what you had expected. Lift your expectation. Don't look to money. Don't look to things. Look to God. Because he's, he's got a plan for you guys. For me. For everyone here here this morning. It's all through the Bible. He's got special plans. And they're not small. They're big, big plans. So number one, we've got to look to God. Number two, we've got to avoid disappointment and increase our expectations. Okay? Don't look for money. Look for the healing. And then Wait, this is, this is going to get even better. <laughs> but before it does, sometimes it can feel hard because point number three is this. We've got to persevere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? That beggar, as I said at the start, probably 20 to 30 years he's been begging, and here's what didn't happen. Peter didn't go up to him and say, you've got your promise. In about three, four years, you shall walk. That's not what the Bible says. Let's have a look here. Verse 7 and 8. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Luke is very specific here. Luke is the guy that wrote and um, recorded all this. He's very specific that his ankles and his feet became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Didn't take two years. Immediately he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. I want to tell you, if you're feeling like that beggar, where your dreams have not come to pass in maybe 10, 15, 20, even 30 years, God can move in an instant. But we've got to persevere. We've got to look to him, avoid the disappointment, think bigger, and then persevere knowing that God will come through. He is for us. His promises are true. You've been waiting for many years. I want to stir you up. That's what I felt at the start. Come on, let's stir ourselves up and dream again. If that dream's gone dry, God wants to bring a fresh anointing upon you, a fresh spirit, a spirit that springs up, that brings life to your dream again. He wants you to persevere. Stand on the word. Stand on the promises that he's given you. Here's what I've learned, especially being part of this church and being part of a big dream like this. And pastor, it's actually been prophesied over, over this church about our dreams God holds things back for a reason and for a season yeah. Yeah. but it doesn't mean that he's forgotten about your dreams yeah. it doesn't mean that he's forgotten about the things that he told me 20 years ago when I was walking through the city it doesn't mean that at all doesn't, that's not what the Bible says either The Bible says this His word does not return void. It accomplishes what He pleases. It's the other thing I've learned delay does not mean denial. It's one of Pastor John's phrases he says all the time. And why? Because it builds faith. It, It shows that, yes, I still believe God. This may suck right now. I'm disappointed. I'm discouraged. I'm suffering. I'm in delay. But delay does not mean denial if you've been waiting, if you've been disappointed, maybe even suffering, it may have been health things, I want you to know we serve a God that is faithful. Can I get an amen for that? Our God is faithful. Amen? Amen? Come on. He's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. And if we just persevere, He will make it happen. He's got a track record. This is our, This is the God that we serve. Are you ready for this? In the Old Testament, the, the, um, the Egyptians were holding the Israelites captive for 400 years. Overnight, not only did they gain freedom, 400 years of slavery, they were showered with wealth. Repaying everything that was taken from them over those 400 years. Another character in the Bible, Joseph, had a dream years, years, years ago. He ended up in jail. He was like, God, I'm supposed to be up here Overnight. He went from jail to being the prime minister. That's how God moves when we persevere. Come on, let's give God some praise because he wants to move in your life this morning. Later on, we're going to have some cubicles up here. If you feel like, I don't know, maybe my dream's gone dry. If your motivation, if you've been convicted by the Holy Spirit, because I believe he's talking right now, if your motivations are wrong, if they're just about me and what God can do for me, I want us to take part in something that's going to be very powerful. We can write those things down and lay them at the altar. Scrunch them up, throw them in. We're going to do that in a moment. But before we do that, I want to talk about the biggest miracle of this story. It's found in verse 8. And it says this. Then... Then he went with them into the temple courts Walking and jumping And praising God All his life he was told He doesn't belong there The now healed Now restored man Finally found his place You realise my place isn't outside, it's not at the gate, it's not in the world. My place is in the presence of God. Yeah, that's so good. I don't care about my dreams, this is it. A relationship with God. That's what He wants for you. So bad above all of this stuff. God was now in him, and He was in God. That's the greatest miracle of this story. And you know what? That's what Jesus made available for us at the cross. We were outside. Casted outside of heaven. That's our destiny. That was our destiny. Because of stuff that happened. You may know the story. Adam and Eve. Sin came into our lives. What happened in that moment, it separated us from God. And ever since then, The enemy who is of this world, he's been telling us you don't belong in heaven. He's been conditioning our minds that you should not be in the presence of God. You should not receive his blessings. You should not have these dreams. I want to tell you that is a lie from the pit of hell. God wants to meet you right here. And the most powerful thing is having a relationship with Jesus. And I I want to actually give you an opportunity, like I said earlier on. If you don't know Jesus... Let's make today not just a nice church experience, let's make it a powerful experience where the Holy Spirit comes alive in your heart. And the way we do this, super simple. We say it